I learned something recently. I'm going to guess that you guys already know this. But I learned something. If you want to stay content within yourself, if you want to stay satisfied within yourself, if you want to remain unchanged, if you want to remain stuck, if you want to live in this bubble of imagination, never, ever, ever read this word. (laughs) Don't open it up. Don't memorize it. Don't meditate on it. Don't think about it. Just don't do it if you want to remain stuck. However, if you want God to mess with you, to mess with your theology, to mess with your practice of religion, open this book. Read it. Devour it. Take it in. I guarantee you, you can't remain the same. God is messing with me even right now. Thank you for your prayer. I just don't know how I'm going to do this today. Except by the grace of God. Okay. And you're going to participate today. Okay. I hope. We have a, almost a church full of introverts. And I know I'm asking you to stretch when I walk around with a microphone to ask you to share your heart. But I'm going to ask you that. So start to, start to get ready. It's coming. Okay. Thanks for the okay. Just ask it. Mike is guarding the door. Okay. Wow. And he's got a Bible, so you can't hit him. Okay. <laughs> Obedience. Oh. Wow. Obedience is a tough topic to talk about. Obedience. Is, I don't think the natural state for a human being's heart. Although I think it's meant to be. It is difficult for me to talk about obedience because I think I'm the least likely candidate to talk about it. Amen. That's my wife. <laughs> she knows. Probably better than anybody on the face of the planet. In my younger days, it was really obvious that I was a disobedient person. My rebellion was out in the open. It was full frontal assault on God's word. It was easy to tell that I was not being obedient. Oh, it was really easy to tell. Since becoming a mature Christian, disobedience is a lot more subtle. A lot more hidden. It's clothed in self righteousness. It's clothed in this Jay's theology. It's subtle. Now, I think my track record as an obedient son of God is pretty good. I, I, I like to think that I'm an obedient guy. I, I also like to think I'm Spider Man, but you know, it's. it's <laughs> I get, the two mixed, I get the two mixed up sometimes. My, my track record would, would, would speak of, of being an obedient person. And yet, I don't think anybody would walk around and say, you know what about that, Jay? Oh, man, he's really obedient. 
That's not a word that we use to describe each other. We might say, he's, you know, that person is good looking, that person is smart, that person is really gifted in this area and that area. But we don't really walk around saying, you know what I like about that person? That person is really obedient. It's not something that we talk about that much. And yet, this book is full about talking about obedience. Cover to cover, this is a book about obedience. But it's the kind of obedience that's meant to set us free. Because it's really about, about love. That's why uh, Michael's prayer this morning is, is, was a powerful reminder. Now the truth is, at least what I believe, what I think about obedience, is that we're always in a state of obedience or disobedience. We are always obeying someone or something. We're always disobeying someone or something at the same time. Now, there's a dark side to obedience. There is. All you've got to do is think about Nazi Germany, and you get the concept of what a bad obedience is. Blind obedience. There's no love there. But the truth is, we are obeying someone or something all the time, and we are disobeying or someone or something all the time. This is why I think it's such a conflict when inside a human being's heart. I think this is why we can get confused and... God knows I was confused this morning. I am still kind of confused in trying to get this out, what I think the Lord wants me to share. That will get you. And that's why it's going to take me two, two weeks to do this. And I'm not even sure that's even touching or scratching the surface about this. Obedience is that difficult to accept for the human heart. Unless... We recognize something about the Father's heart. You see, a person right now, who, like myself, who is wrestling with this, with God, really, I've been serving God, walking God with God for 50 years, and I don't think I understand what obedience really is. Completely. And God really just kicked my heart all over the place in a good way. Just saying, you just don't understand this. But I want you to. Because I want you free. And so there's a little bit, you know, when, when we equip each other. Remember we talked about equipping being getting something ready for a voyage. So I want you to take a trip with me today on this. And let's, let's, let's discover some things that I, I want to share with you about that God, I think, put in my heart. And I want to hear some of your thoughts today. But we're really going to need God's help. So let's pray. Father, we, we, we're so thankful that you're here. Amen. Because if you're not here, then we really shouldn't be. Amen. So we're thankful that you're here. We're thankful that, that you have come to speak to our hearts and our spirits and our minds, to our whole self. Everything that we are, you have come to speak to to set us free. Amen. So what we ask, Father, is that you help us do that because we can't. We can't clear the debris from our, from our minds and our spirits this morning. Clear out the excuses and in, in, in the events that have, that have um, filled us with, with, with just confusion. And we don't want to live in a bubble. 
We don't want to remain stuck. We, don't, we, we want to be changed into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. And to, this morning, we need you. Oh, Lord, I need you. So I ask that you would empty me of me this morning. And that you would, oh, man, you just spill and speak your word into all our hearts. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There are, like I said before, there, you know, we're always in a state of, of, of obeying. Uh, and then I think you know, there is so many messages out there trying to get us to obey something. And you know this from me, that when I go uh, sermon prepping, I go into some weird places. Okay? God kind of takes me to weird places. And he took me to advertising slogans. Kind of get some points to me. And, it'll, and hopefully it will make sense later. But listen to some of these. Some of these are, have been around for a long time. And they've just been in our, in, our, in our mindset for so long. We've heard it on the TV and the radio and print advertising. We just hear these things. And av- advertising is kind of a, trying to get us to obey something. Is it not? I mean, yes, it is. So listen, listen to this one. This is one of the most famous ones out there. It's not used so much anymore. It's kind of going by the wayside. But I think most of us would know where it's from. Obey your thirst. You know what that's from? Sprite. Sprite. Obey your thirst. Obey it. No. Your thirst tells you to drink some more Sprite. Drink it 24-7. Obey your thirst. You're not, you're not obeying if you're not drinking Sprite. Right? Okay, here's another one. These are, these are, these are really telling. Okay, Taco Bell is one of, this is one of my favorite ones from years ago. Think outside the bun. Remember that one? Think outside the bun. Think outside the bun. Think. Remember IBMs? Just think. Think. <laughs> think. Think. <laughs> yeah, that too. How about probably one of the most famous ones from Nike? Just do it. Just do it. I think I've said that to my kids a lot of times, right? <laughs> Don't ask me why. Just do it. Just do it. I'll explain later. In 20 years, I'll explain why I told you to do it. Not today. I'm not telling you today. Uh, here's one. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you do. Well, maybe that's not like a man, but I like that one. <laughs> All right. So, you know, someone is always trying to tell us to do something. Someone's always trying to get us to do something, to be someone else than what we're supposed to be. Yet we got this wonderful word of God that tells us exactly how we're supposed to be. And not only tells us how we're supposed to be, but gives us everything that we need in order to become that person that God wants us to be. Because we have this wonderful relationship with the author of this book. Wow. A book of commandments, a book of marching orders, a book of precepts, promises, things that are meant to change a human heart into an obedient son and daughter. What a marvelous gift that this is. Obedience is a gift in itself, although we may not see it as that. I know my kids sometimes didn't think that obedience was such a wonderful gift. To obey mom and dad didn't seem like I was giving them a present. Or something pleasant. 
But the obedience factor of it really was setting them free because it was bringing their character into a, a place where it could not only hear my words and obey my words, but love the person that was giving those words out. And that is the whole concept beside, behind the, the obedience. See, a life of obedience is really a life of love. A walk of obedience is really a walk of love. Let me go to this. I have I tore up my notes three times, okay? So you're just gonna be patient with me. See, here's the funny thing, you know, God you know, God tells me to speak on something and I, I do the I do the crazy thing. I start studying. Okay? I start studying, you know, the whole study to show yourself a proof thing. But sometimes I get so carried away with it and I'm just concentrating on studying and God just kinda of like Hey, I'm talking to you about obedience. I know, that's what I'm studying. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. I'm trying to study. God says, yeah, you know, that's not, really, that's not really a beating at heart, is it? I'm trying to talk to you. See, I want to talk to you about obedience. Yes, I am. People are, you know, people are expecting me in a couple of weeks to talk. So let me study. No, no, see, uh, you don't understand. You don't understand my heart. Come away for a bit. Come away from studying. Come know me. See, that's a different heart set. Come know me. And you will know about obedience. Because Jesus himself says, if you know me, if you love me, you will follow my commands. You will follow my commands. So I think Jesus' slogan, if he had a slogan, it would be this in John fourteen thirty one. But I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. This is at the Last Supper. Jesus is about to go into the garden. And he's reminding his disciples, look, this is why I'm here. This is why I obey everything that the Father tells me to do. Because I love him and I want the world to know about it. See, Jesus was obedient even unto the cross. Because he loved the Father. And so here's another invitation that Jesus is giving, you know, that whole come follow me thing. This is, he doesn't say come follow me here, but, this is, but it's really the same invitation. See, this life that I'm living, Jesus says, see this thing, this, this thing, this is why I'm here. I'm here to show everyone that I love Father God by the way I obey Him, by my relationship with Him. This is what I want you to do. Come. Let's ride. Let's get to it. It's not just that... Come, let's go with me into the garden, which it certainly was. It was a practical, we've got to go here. I need to go talk to Dad. But it's like, this is my lifestyle. This is the way I walk on this planet. Guess what? This is the way I want you to walk. I want the world to know that you love my Father, your Father now, by the way you obey His commands. 
your heart attitude towards his commands. His, your heart attitude towards him. Okay. I'd just like to give you a simple definition of the word obey. And then I'm going to go get the microphone and we're going to, we're going to try something really good, okay? Okay, but I think we need a base understanding of this word obey. Now the dictionary says, the English dictionary is so lame. I mean, but anyway, it says, it just, you know, the English language is lame because it uses the same word to explain other words. I mean, it says, you know, the same word. The act of following instructions or someone's authority. Okay, that's, we pretty much understand that. We know what that is. Right? But when we get into the Greek and Hebrew, things start to explode to us on a whole new level. And I'm going to use two common words that are used throughout a majority of the scriptures. And there are a lot of scriptures that use the word obey throughout the Old and New Testament. And these are two of the two major ones that, that kind of hit me on my study. Okay? The Hebrew word for obey is shama. S-H-A-M-A. Shama. And that means to hear intelligently, to consider, to give ear to. That means, you know, if Dan is speaking to me and I can't hear him, what I'm going to do, I'm going to lend my ear really close to him, right? To get closer. But that, what, that's, what a wonderful picture that is, is that I'm, I'm getting closer. You know? I'm, not, I'm not distant. I'm not trying to, you know, strain myself to hear. I'm actually leaning in. So there's, there's an element of relationship here that, that, that this word is talking about. And... It also means to consent and to be content with. That's a lot more richer than the English definition there of obeying, right? There's a lot more warmth to that. There's a lot more proximity to that, right? Okay, the Greek word. Let's see if I can pronounce this. Hoop ak a. Hoop ak a. H u p a k o b o. And that means to heed or to conform to, to listen to attentively, again, kind of leaning in, submission to what is heard. (laughs) Whoa. Wait a minute, I was okay with the first part. Okay. Now, the Hebrew mindset towards obeying was this, in basic form. You obey first. And you understand later. You obey first. And you understand later. The Greek mindset was. I'm going to. Try to understand first. And then I'll obey. I'm not going to say which one is better. Or which one is worse. I'm just going to let that hang in the air. Amen. Amen. Now, okay. I'm not done with what I think I need to share, but that's okay. I don't need to be. I, I think it'll come out. So I'm going to ask a few questions. If you're brave, you don't have to. I might sit down next to you and ask you. There are certain people I know I probably can. 
But the whole point is that you have something valuable to share about obedience and what it means to you. Even if it's a doubt, I would love you to be brave and courageous and be able to share it. Because I have doubts about obedience. And what you have to say about it might just encourage my heart to be a little bit more bolder in surrendering my heart to this great God that loves us. So the first question is very simple. And what I've just talked about, or maybe you didn't even listen, that's okay too. Obedience. When I say the word obedience, when I say the word obey, what comes to your mind? First thought. Speak it to the mic, son. Listen. <laughs> and what do you mean by listen? Hear. What do you mean by hear? I'm talking. Huh? So that's what the first thing that you think about? Okay. To bend. To bend. And what do you mean by that, Patty? To bend. What do you mean? What, do you th- what does that mean to you? Uh, it means to um, bow before something greater than you. And whether you understand it or not, you have a confidence in what you're bowing before. Okay. My first reaction, mm-hmm. obey, rebel. Mm. No. Why do you think that is? That is my natural reaction in my flesh, man. Unless the Spirit's leading me, I'm a rebel through and through. Mm. Me too. I'm with you, brother. <laughs> okay, the Rebellion Club will be meeting at 2 o'clock today. <laughs> For much prayer. <laughs> Actually, that's my first, my, that's my first uh, response as well. Leanne. I think of when I'm in the classroom and when I tell my students to do something, I expect them to do it. Mm. So it's do what you're told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have something to say? No? <laughs> Obey me. <laughs> that was my daughter for anyone on the tape. Dan. It might seem a little off track, but the first thing that always comes to my head would be my earthly father, mm. my father, which was, you know, ruled with the, the iron fist. So when he said, obey me, you know, I obeyed. So mm. to this day, I still struggle sometimes. Is it the earthly father or the heavenly father that's telling me to obey? You know, mm. So I struggle with that a little bit. Man, I am so glad you said that. The reason why I said that, because this is the, one of the points I wanted to bring out. Thank you. How our, our reaction sometimes to that word obey or obedience is really has to do with how we see Father God. As in most of the things in life. Because we project those things that we have learned or the things that we've experienced onto Father God. Unintentionally sometimes and sometimes very purposely, but we do project it onto Father God. It's the filter or the eye glass or the, what are these things called? Glasses that we see God through. We do. Because, you know, I think I'm a great dad. 
I really do. And I think my kids, for the most part, would agree with me. But there are things that I've said and done to them that, unfortunately, they see God in a wrong filter because of me. So we do project that. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. I appreciate that. It's not off track at all. Anybody else? Since we're thinking outside the bun, um, uh, when I hear the word obey, the first thing I think about is somebody saying something about their pet, saying they don't obey. Mm. And you never hear somebody say, my dog doesn't listen. (laughs) So it's kind of interesting how the word obey is about, in that context, it's trying to teach something to someone that that, they must learn, that you feel they almost can't learn unless they obey Mm. versus listen. Mm. So I think that word sometimes has Mm -hmm. that connotation, like you're forcing me to, or uh, you think I can't, as opposed to say, listen. So that's Mm. how I think about it in terms of we use obey, not listen, when we talk about our animals, need them to listen versus no that's good that's good yes it comes to my mind too that through the scriptures I always saw that correlation between you see the interchange of words between faith and obedience Mm. unbelief and disobedience and how love is wrapped up with obedience and faith Mm. and Man, you guys are a lot wiser than I am. Oh, man. I'm so glad you brought the Bible into this discussion. <laughs> I'm thinking about the guy who was called to write the first dictionary was Noah Webster, a Christian. And if you read the first dictionary, the meanings are going to be a lot different than they are. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. So in today's world, we have more of the world pressing in on us and taking us away from the true understanding of what obedience is supposed to be. Yeah, and a lot of ways, the Greek mindset has crept into our... Yeah. Uh, we know how influenced our society is by the Greek. That's why I brought that up. You know, we, we have fallen away from our Jewish roots in a lot of ways. Where there was obedience was first, and then understanding came because you were in relationship with the God who gave you these lists of things to do. But it's more than a list of things to do. It's a list of becoming someone. That's the wonderful thing about this relationship with God. God is not just giving us Ten Commandments to keep us in line. He's giving us Ten Commandments or whatever else to give us to set us free so that we can know Him better, know His heart better, and therefore follow Him better. When you said the word obey, the first word that came to my mind was blessings. Mm. And the next few words were how many blessings do we forfeit through our disobedience? And I think that the primary forfeiture is in that word shama, Mm -hmm. as we draw near to him, because our disobedience will separate us from him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What that gentleman was sharing earlier, I think, kind of ties into obedience a little bit. Is, um, like with my dad, I have a great relationship with my dad. I always have. And even to this day, if he says, Sarah, do this or do that, I do it immediately. It doesn't even cross my mind why. Usually in the process of doing it, oh, he told me to, I understand the why. And that's come from like a lifetime of knowing him and mm. trusting him and getting to know his heart. I have no problem with him. Mm. Even to this day, like I don't ask him why. But 
other people, as soon as they tell me something, it's like that rebellion. Why do you want me to do that? Like that, or I just question them immediately. I stiffen my neck, and I think it comes from your relationship with the person who's giving the instruction. Yeah. That either makes it difficult or easy to obey, and I think that it can sometimes speak of our relationship with God, how easily it is to obey Him, and how difficult it is. Mm. Because do we really trust Him? You know, do we really, you know, have we developed that trust over? You know, a lifetime of knowing him. Yeah. I think that would become easier to trust him more quickly, the more easily, the more we know him. Amen. That's good. All you guys are preaching next week. I, I just have to build on what Sheila said because Sheila, that was the first word that came to my mind too. Uh, was blessings and. I just thought of the years before I knew the Lord, and I certainly wasn't obedient in, in, in any way, something like what you were, were talking about. And my life was not blessed at all. And I can just compare what it was like back then, what it, what it is today, and just being obedient to God's words, and not like it was in any perfect way, but just the, the blessings that have come into to our lives, Patty and I both, um, has just been phenomenal. Because, and it's just because of obedience. It's just obeying what God uh, has asked us to do. And when you are obedient to what God asks you to do, he just blesses you. And, and when, you, when you get away from it and look back at it, you can really see those blessings. Sometimes it doesn't seem like, you know, an hour later that all the blessings are there. It, it could be years later. But when you look back, they are there. Mm. Amen. That just reminded me of how many, many years ago when I was first living with Guy and Linda as a new family and I had the relationship with my biological parents, which was really in shreds in many ways. Um, And I know that I needed to still honor my parents and the feelings were so not there. You know, it was really, really hard. I couldn't do much with that for years, but I always did the bare minimum, which was at least acknowledge them for different special occasions and holidays and stuff like that. And that was for years before I then started to find my heart changing more. And as I had more compassion on my biological parents developed from that, then I was just delighted to honor them and bless them. And now, so many years later, I see all this amazing fruit, but it wasn't something that happened overnight. It took almost 20 years to get to that point. So, I think the first words that came into my mind was a little song, Trust and Obey, There's No Other Way. But I don't know the rest of the Jesus. Be happy in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I trust hope. and obey. Yes. Mm, I think it's easier to understand uh, the concept of obeying if we have a if we had a better appreciation and understanding of God's unconditional love. We don't think in terms of unconditional love. Mm. It's something that we we're so used to human love and getting something in return. But God's love is so profound so huge that he would never ask us to do anything 
that was wouldn't be good for us. Mm. And being a grandpa that I am, <laughs> I under and having grandkids, I know what it is to to love my grandkids. Mm. And and I would never ask them to do anything. Mm. It would be detrimental to them. But it's uh, once it's, it's that's the hard that's the stumbling block there. If if you want your the hesitation to obey, to disappear, to vaporize. It will vaporize once you have a, once we have a full and complete understanding of just how profound God's love is for us. Mm. So, mm. how do you think we get that understanding? Uh, you get that understanding by reading His Word and and knowing Him, getting to know Jesus. You get to understand his love more as you take each step of obedience, even when you may not feel like it, or even when your flesh is screaming, this feels awful, um, and just pushing through that. It's mm. good. It's that taking, like a baby's first step. It's like taping, taking those steps, even though we don't know where that step's actually going to lead us. Um, but it's stepping out, and then in stepping out, it's coming to a greater understanding of that he does undergird us, that he is there beside us. And as we take those steps, just like a baby, we start to get stronger in the ability to take more steps. So faith is a component of obedience? Yep. <laughs> there you go. Amen. Amen. Do me a favor, if you will. Turn to Deuteronomy 11. Go to verse 22, if you would. And if someone is there, read it out loud and strong, if you would. this verse very interesting since a life of, of obedience is a life of love, the love it, you know loving the Lord God walking in all his ways and holding fast to him holding fast to him is a when I dove into it is a nautical term and it has to do with a sailor securing the rigging ropes 
stuff, selling stuff, especially during the time of storm. And something is fast if it's securely tied, if I'm correct. So sailors, what they used to do in the times, they actually used to tattoo the words holding fast on their knuckles. Hold fast on their knuckles. So when they were actually in the process of climbing up this rigging in order to tie down ropes, they, it would be like a reminder. And it also was a kind of a good luck charm. Being sailors were being very superstitious back then, especially. They would uh, tattoo things like uh, images of ducks on their ankles because ducks can swim. So if they got tossed overboard, they would be able to get safely to sword. They, they would, this was their mindset, but it was also a reminder of holding fast. Well, in order to hold fast something, something actually has to be in your hands. I got to thinking. If I'm holding fast to Dan, Dan is actually in my hands right now. I can't. Hi, Dan. How you doing? Good. Uh, he's, I'm really holding fast to him. It's a good thing I know Dan. <laughs> oh, don't go to the lectures. They hold fast to you. We don't like anyone to leave. Sorry. I don't know. But if I'm holding fast, that means I got Dan in my hand. I got something in my hands to hold fast to. Guess what? Guess what? We have something to hold fast to. His word. You guys have all shared it. You've spoke about it. It's in you. It's real to you. The struggles are real too. The struggle to be obedient in a, in a world that tells us not to be. Experiences in our, in our past that tell us not to be. But we have this wonderful thing that we can hold fast to. That's been given to us. His marvelous word. And we have this wonderful relationship with the Father now because of what Jesus Christ has done. And we can hold fast to Jesus. Hold fast to Jesus. The word keep is an interesting word. John 14, 15 says this. Let's go to John. Let's go to John. Book of John. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Very simple. Another slogan of Jesus. And we go back to Deuteronomy. I'm sorry, I should have put you there first. But if we go back to the beginning of uh, Deuteronomy 11, it says, you shall, you shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep His charge, His statutes, His rules, and His commandments always. The Greek word for keep means to guard. To guard, okay? The Hebrew word for Greek is kind of like shama, it's shamar. Shamar, it's really connected. It means to guard also, to build a hedge around, to protect. So we are protecting ourselves when we keep the commandments of God. We are protecting ourselves when we are obedient to His ways. See, His commandments, His precepts, His rules, that we don't like that name rules either are meant to protect us. 
to guard us and also to keep us. See, this is mutual keeping here. See, when I am grabbing hold and holding fast to Dan, he feels me. Right, brother? Okay, good. Good. And to make sure your arm wasn't numb or something, you know. And there's this keeping together. That's just wonderful about the, the wonderful things about being obedient to Father God. He's in it with us. It's just not, you know what? Human beings can follow a list of rules to a certain extent. Actually, sometimes we like those. That's why, I mean, sometimes my struggle is, is bearing, uh, being a little bit more like a Pharisee at times. I can keep rules. Because then these things are now in my control. See, I don't need God because I can do this. And as long as I do this, then God has to bless me because there are His rules. Uh-uh. That's not really being obedient. Because it's more than that to God. It's about having your heart, your heart, my heart, together with His heart, so that we hear His voice and we do what He wants us to do because we love Him. See, all the years I was trying to raise my kids, and I always gave this message, you know, I want you to obey me, not just to obey me, I want you really because you love me. I heard that speech. I really want you to, so I have to get them to love me. I can command them to love me. I have to get, I have to get their hearts. Same thing, you know, like in a classroom, you know, you have to get their hearts in order to really to get to them. Jesus had to get our hearts in order to take this wonderful word and smar it, to guard it, to build a hedge around it, in order to hold fast to him so that we can keep. So I want to hold fast to him. I want to hold on to him. I don't want to let him go. So I have to know him. So, your homework for next week is to read, not the whole book of Samuel, but let's go to Samuel. We're going to go to, if I can find it now. Okay, Samuel 15. First Samuel, sorry. There are two Samuels, that's right. First Samuel 15. I want you to read the whole chapter. It has to deal with Saul's disobedience. But what he thought was obedience. I want you to think about it. I want you to explore it. I want you to, I want you to run it through the filter of God's love. And I want you to see what God is going to say to you about it. Because you know what? It spoke to me. How my conception of of obedience is sometimes warped. And how I need to... My grip is not not as good as as I thought it was. But see, that's the wonderful thing about God too. There's no condemnation there. This is this is a God exhorting us. Remember, exhorting means to call near. God is exhorting us. Come closer. Come closer. He wanted me to stop studying obedience and and start living obedience by knowing Him. 
Studying is good. I love to study. I love getting into this and exploring all these kind of things and mixing up slogans and, you know, and all kinds of stuff in Greek and Hebrew. I love that kind of stuff. But there's a time you've got to stop studying and you've got to know. You've got to know. And that, that means reading this thing and meditating on this. It means having this conversational prayer with God. It means getting alone and away from things, the things that distract us. And you know what? Just speak to me. I'm, 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 I'm lending my ear to you. I'm being obedient by just lending my ear to you right now, God. Speak to me. Speak to me. So I'm asking you that you, do, you, would, you will read Samuel. So here's, here's the thing. If I obey my thirst, but I'm thirsty for something else besides the things of God, I'm in a whole lot of trouble. Hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. For righteousness' sake. So if I'm obeying my thirst and it's for righteousness' sake, I'm in a good place. But I'm obeying my thirst and I'm, you know, drinking soda 24-7. I'm not in a good place. The commandment to just do it is pretty, pretty, uh, I like that one. It speaks to me. But if I'm doing the wrong thing, if I don't know my father's heart and I'm just doing it for my sake, then I have a form of godliness but lack the power thereof. And sometimes I feel like a nut, but sometimes I don't. That's good, because that's the place I'm at. That's me. Thank you for sharing your hearts today. I am so encouraged. You were brave. You were eloquent. And you honored the Father's heart. And He wants to express this concept of obedience to you in a new way so that like some of you shared you said you don't even hesitate because you trust him completely there's no hesitation there are things that God has planted in your heart to do that you're afraid to do this morning and God wants that to be no more There are things that you're just going to be walking down the road, so to speak, in your life. And God's going to say, I want you to do that. And you're going to question it. You're going to want to understand before you obey. And God says, no, no, no. I want you to obey before you understand because you know my heart. You know I would never lead you into something that I can't get you out of. Wow. I want that kind of faith. Amen. I want that kind of belief in His goodness. And I think I understand the Father's heart really well. But I I need to know it more. Isn't that wonderful that He wants to express more to us? That He wants to expose His heart more to us. That obedience is not this toil and trouble, duty-bound crap over. It's life. It's freedom. It's meant to encourage us. It's meant to make us alive. To be truly His. That's what obedience is for. You've all said it. Now, let's walk in it. So read that chapter. Ask what God is saying to you. Because I'm going to bring out the microphone again. God willing. I'll see you in the back. 
But if you notice, I walk all the way back there. It's not that long. <laughs> oh, it's good to laugh. You got something else? What? And what came to my mind was what you started out the preaching this morning. Be a Nike mm. and just do it. Just do it. And just do it because we know him. Right? Alright, let's pray. Whew. Mm. Thank you, Lord. You're good to us. Father, thank you for expressing your heart so well. We need you. We proclaim and declare our great need of you. To understand your heart in such a way that we can be more obedient. Not to just a list of rules or commandments or things to do. But to a father who loves us completely that we can trust completely. That we have no doubt that his intentions and that his purposes are good. So this is what we declare this morning as a people. Thank you for my brothers and sisters that encouraged me this morning. I pray that we can go from this place more attuned to your spirit and to your heart. That our thirst for you, that the, the thirst that we obey is the, the thirst for more of you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.